Welcome to Nana Tings. Hey everyone, it's Antonio from Nana Tings. So for today's episode, I really want to talk from the heart. I've been going through these thoughts for the past few weeks about my empathetic side and trying to learn how to, how can I word this, how to not let energy pretty much penetrate my life and my aura. There's a lot of moments where I can even be at a party or even a dinner and if someone's venting or, or being super critical about something or negative or toxic, whatever kind of negative connotation there is, I'm I'm the one in the room I'm seeing getting so depleted from it. And I've called in some friends today that I believe have a good input on how to protect your aura and protect yourself but at the same time still be open enough to be there for a friend or be there for a stranger. Um, yeah, so I have some amazing people lined up. I will be introducing them one by one and doing interviews. And I hope you all safe for the ride and enjoy these things but we're gonna get a little deep and also talk about all different levels of empathy from with friends yourself as well as even how weather can affect you so stay tuned and enjoy the ride My first guest is Isabel McCauley. She's an amazing artist, my theater girlfriend, my coworker. She's a phenomenal human being. And yeah, let's call her and see what's up. Hey, everyone. I called my really good friend, Isabel. She's my coworker and also one of my like theater girlfriends. Um, say hey. Hi, hey. guys. So fun to be here today. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I posted something about a few days ago about uh, being empathetic and having weather affecting my emotions as well as other people's toxic energy or sometimes not even talk, you know, a toxic energy more so like a, you dive too much in someone's emotions. And I love your comment on Facebook where you, you sort of like talked about how you know how to stop yourself from doing that so i, I want to ask you what are um how, how does people energy affect you one two about weather and then three how do you protect yourself from not diving into someone else's problems mm, love that yeah i mean i have been an empath my entire life and so it's funny i didn't even know until the past couple of years like that not everybody was like this, but basically when you're an empath, you walk into a room and you just like sense the energy around mm -hmm. you. And by nature, we internalize that, right? So I can feel really good, but I walk into an anxious environment and all of a sudden I'm anxious. I'm not just sensing it, but I'm internalizing it. And um, one thing I wrote on Facebook, which I stand by, is that it's actually a superpower to be an empath. And so you don't want to shut this off completely. I don't think that serves us. I don't think that I think that there's a purpose for having deep and real empathy. And I would hate to be someone that is like cold and detached um, when I think we've been given the superpower, but obviously it can also be a curse because, you know, you can be really dragged down by that, or you can be like, just put into a frantic state um, or, you know, even high energy. If you're around that for too long, like you're meant to go through cycles in your own, in your own self and your own spirit. So yeah, so I think like 
the way I mean, again, I I just thought everyone had this, everyone yeah. dealt with this, um, but I just it was experiencing like extreme burnout um, through college, and then especially like my first year working after college, um, and that was a lot to do with like just the people I was surrounding myself with, and like you said, it's not even toxic all the time. It's just someone that's like maybe grieving or going through a breakup or really struggling with something. And I'm someone that's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be there for you. You're not in this alone. I'll do this for you. But what my therapist always says is like, what's yours to do? What's like, what's your part that you can play in this? And as an empath, we might think it's your job to, you know, completely take on someone's pain and be like, I feel all of this too because I love you, but that's actually not loving someone. It's just like echoing all the shittiness that they're experiencing, which they, you know, doesn't serve them. It doesn't serve you. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I feel those things heavily the way I've had to kind of shift my approach, which is still super imperfect. And like, I don't do this perfectly, but is just like knowing when to walk away and knowing when to shut it down. And so I even do this with my boyfriend yeah. sometimes when he's in a really, really bad mood. I'm like, I love you. You're not a toxic person. You're a wonderful human, but I need you to like go eat something. Like we'll, we'll be on the phone and I'm like, I need you to eat, go listen to music, like get, you know, do what you need to do and just call me later. Because in this moment, it's not that we're fighting. It's not that like it's super bad, but I can feel what's happening in you in you and it's starting to impact me and I actually just don't want it to right now and and that's different than like you know if, if his dad was just hit by a car and he's calling me like different story I'm not going to be like bitch do it on your own but it's like he'll, he'll just be like kind of groggy and just yeah. down and like in his own thing and I'm like I, I actually like I'm vibing right now and I don't think it's necessary for me to be picking up on all of these frequencies I'm feeling from you. So you go reset, do your own thing. And you don't have to like, I'm not telling him to go escape that energy right now. Like he can do what he wants, but I'm like, call me when you want to talk. Like, cause right now it just feels like this isn't productive. This isn't good for me. Um, and so it feels bitchy to do that, especially as an empath, like, cause you can feel how that affects somebody when you tell them, I want to disconnect from you right now, but it's the best way to protect yourself. And ultimately like, I can't show up for him if I'm drowning in his negative vibe. <laughs> like I need to protect my own and get out of that in order to like actually serve him, actually do, do relationship well with him. Yeah. I, um, I love that you just said that all that. I agree. Uh, it's funny when you said about your boyfriend. Um, when I when I have someone sleep in a bed with me, even a friend, like say a sleepover, I sometimes mm-hmm. I was just reading an article about like now I know why I wake up so tired even if I sleep eight hours and someone's next to me is because sometimes I'm internalizing even their aura or like or whatever sporadic wow. energy they're giving off and. I like what you said, but sometimes what I find trouble with reminding myself is like when you're, if you're at a party, yeah, you could go to a different room or something, but sometimes I feel Mm -hmm. like, you know, obviously we're humans, so you're going to like fuck up, but the, for me, it's been so hard to remind myself when I'm in like a party or situation, because it's like, you're around so much energy where you're around someone like complaining or venting and you're right though. Like I need to Mm -hmm. learn to um, not internalize so much of it or if I do remember that it's not my goal in life to die myself in everyone's problems just to help them like I feel like there's a fine line with helping and saving and then that could turn into like a savior Mm. hero complex 
and then it gets messy. Yeah, right. And there's even, my therapist has given me tools. Like there's things you can do. Like you can say, you can turn to someone if someone's venting to you, you can actually say to them, like, that is so hard. What do you think you're going to do? Because it's putting that ownership back on them to deal with their emotions and their problems and whatever predicament they're in, instead of you being like, oh my gosh, here's what I would do, or that must be so hard. And like, I, it's so natural. And it like feels good when someone's in that moment with you and they're like, kind of wrecked by it just as much as you are. Like, it feels like, oh, you get me, but it doesn't actually create like it doesn't actually empower the other person. What empowers them is when you say something like, whoa, like what are you gonna do about it? How are you gonna make a powerful choice to, you know, to change what's around you? Like it, it's it's not your issue. You can love someone so much, but whatever they're going through, it's ultimately on them. And and I've had people who have really good boundaries say things like that to me, be like, Isabel, like, what do you think you can do? Instead of giving me advice or like falling into my pit of despair, they're like, you know, what, what choices are you going to make? And, and you can say things like, how can I be here for you or whatever, but, but kind of just like asking those probing questions to be like, you know, what, yeah, what do you think? Like, what's the way out that you see? Because it's not really your job to find a way out for someone or to like sink into that. And, you know, and it does, there, there, I do think that there's a line between someone that's just like constantly putting shit on you and like constantly exploding with negativity like that might be a time to reevaluate if you want to spend excess amount of time with that person um but I'm I'm not like a cancel culture person so I don't think the way to separate yourself from someone needs to look really aggressive or mean I think you can I think there's a way to be like to step out of a situation without making it like, whoa, I can't handle you and your vibes. You know, it can just be like, you know, I mean, you can say what it is like, hey, I need to step away. But I don't think you need to like add to someone's pain or misery by being like, I'm disconnecting from you um, by doing that. Does that make sense? Because I'm not for being like, fuck you. I, you know, I don't want to do this with you. Yeah, um, no. Because I, I think that's hurts everything you just said made sense and i i love that that last statement about um with someone's like non-stop complaining that's like one thing like i'm i'm a very deep person and i love like our friendship you and i we have very good um deep emotional conversation very artistic conversations and i love that but it never becomes um you know complaining or it never becomes like um aggressive or projecting like a complaint on someone so i'm realizing i have some friends now where we'll get into that deep you know emotional connection because like i only want friends or guys that i date that are deep because i don't really like superficial like a little superficial conversation about like you know britney spears what you're wearing theater that's fine but then let's get deep but then some people will use that as a safe heaven to start complaining about a lot of things in their life and then projecting and then as an um, empath you start internalizing it so then it becomes a vicious cycle because their energy then feels safe to sort of like uh, be an energy vampire and deplete you without without even them intentionally trying to be malicious mm. it's just with the relationship forms and I'm right. learning as I get older and I guess more emotionally intelligent with myself that there are some friends where yeah I don't want to do the cancel culture thing either but I'm learning that I can maybe either take them in small amounts or there's only certain times I want to hang out with them 
Right. And I think you can trust yourself as an empath. If you start to feel dread around spending time with someone, that's probably a sign that they are in a cycle of negativity and that it's not just like they've happened to be in a bad mood or have a bad thing happen the past four times you've hung out. It's that they actually have a narrative that they've subscribed themselves to that is like, whether it's this always happens to me or nobody ever wants me or like whatever that is. And that's heartbreaking. Like my heart breaks for people who are in those narratives and we all have those narratives, whether they're macro or micro, like going on that we need to work through and establish like self-esteem around that. But I was gonna say like in our friendship, like there's been hard moments where like I've been sad or you've been sad, but I don't show up to a relationship with you feeling a dread of like, oh, it's Tony, he's probably gonna be sad or depressed or you know i i know like if you're like wow this is happening and this is really hard i can see that for what it is like oh something's happening to tony and i want to show up for him but i have some friends that like someone i'm thinking of now who i love her like well i'll I'll always be her friend i have i've yet to cancel her because she isn't a toxic person but she has a narrative of negativity that I, I expect her to be living out when I spend time with her. And so I know when I'm like, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, we need to hang out. I feel this like pitter patter in my chest of like, oh gosh, she's probably going to be in a bad mood or have negativity. So what I do with her is I set time limits. I'm like, let's get coffee at two. I have something to do at 3.30. So there's a time limit on it. And then I can just go in with intention. I can be her friend. And like, sure, we have a lot of fun together sometimes, but she's not someone that I'm like, come over at five and we'll pregame and go out and meet new people and you can spend the night. Like that's not, she's not a friend for that because I know that a prolonged amount of time with her can actually impact where I want to be as far as my frequency my energy like my my base I know where I like my base to be so if I know someone's going to take me out of that because of how empathetic I can be then I need to do what I can to protect myself from that oh I love that you just said that it shows that I'm not alone I have a really close friend that I've been feeling like this with him for a while now this year and I'm at a point where I'm like I'm tired of forcing myself to do one-on-one hangouts where I go home depleted and even need a nap so it's like I'd rather have you in a group setting where there's five other people you can talk to and we could communicate here and there and have a drink than you just lashing all your um anger on yourself about yourself on me and it's like um yeah I oh yeah we yeah (laughs) and like it yeah like I said it's a superpower so it's like sometimes it feels really good to have someone who like needs you on I don't know if you're like super similar to me in this but I've had before when I had not had this level of self-awareness like I've had friends that just need me and I know that they need me and I feel kind of good about that because I'm like oh I'm providing a service like and I'm being like I just felt satisfied and fulfilled through that feeling but then like people who really love me and who don't maybe need me in that desperate kind of way have looked at me and been like Isabel that person brings you down. Like you feel worse. You need a nap after hanging out with them. Like how is this friendship adding to your life, making your life more bright and colorful and like aligning with the kind of life and the kind of frequencies you want to have in your day to day? Like, is that serving you or is that actually hurting you, but giving you that sense of like purpose and that sense of like, oh, I get to use my superpower here. Like how fun. Um, Because I would argue like, the way if you're really good at showing up for people when they're struggling, that's like something you should do 10 to 15% of your life, but you're not made to be, like you said, a savior, a rescuer that's constantly in that like 
high level of stress of like, oh my gosh, this person's struggling. I need to help. I need to help. I need to help. Like that's going to wear on you. You're going to get ulcers. Like you're not going to be healthy if that's, if that's how you're living your life. Some people that aren't empaths literally don't have to have this discussion yep. because they're just like, oh no, when people are negative, I just literally walk away. I don't give a shit, but like, I've never been that person. So I have to evaluate like, yeah, if my, if my life is a pie chart, like how much of that, how much of that pie am I willing to spend on people that do deplete my energy? I don't think you should cancel everyone. Like that, you know, that's hard. Like, it just, that becomes problematic for me, but you know, I have to make those choices around where I want to be, who I want to spend time with and, and how long I want to spend with them. Like you said, group settings, that might be better for you. Or like me, one-on-one -on -one coffee for an hour, that works great. But I can't do like unlimited friendship with people that are in those narratives of negativity. Yeah, I, uh, I fully agree with everything that you just said. And like I said before, I'm very thankful that I'm not alone with these thoughts. Yeah. Um, I have, <laughs> so I have a follow-up question actually, before we get into other um, empathetic ways. Uh, so you see a therapist and you talk about this. So I have a question. I mm -hmm. am looking to talk to someone about protecting my energy. And I was looking either at like Reiki mm -hmm. um, healing or kinesiology, but for you, you go, I'm assuming to a normal therapist and I'm, have you been seen like does does regular therapy also help with your with empathy or like have you seen that it depends I've seen a few therapists and my last therapist I would say no he didn't really get me and it was he's helpful for some like patterns of behavior I had like um just stuff I needed to work through how I was spending my alone time like stuff I was like I feel like I'm in a cycle and I don't yeah. feel happy he was helpful for some of that like cognitive behavioral therapy. The therapist I'm seeing now is great for like relationships. And what I love about him, and you can be this kind of person without like, you know, I think therapy is awesome. It's, it's not accessible for everybody. So it's tough. Like I love therapy. I love having the ability to see someone every week, but he really believes in friendships and relationships. So he encourages me like, go the distance for people work work on your shit like make work it out work out the kinks of friendship because it's worth it to have people by your side it's worth it to not be like alone and fabulous like I just think that's a lie like the happiest people are the people that are surrounded by love and so that's kind of that's what I love about him I, and we've talked a lot about boundaries because I get that part. I'm like, yeah, I love people. I'm such an extrovert, like love doing fun things and being around lots of people. But how do I protect myself for when that starts to spin out? And I don't know what to do other than like cra crash with, with people who are crashing. Or like you said, like I've totally had that where I wake up in a bed with someone and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can just feel all of their stuff. And like, they wake up in a bad mood. I actually wake up in a really good mood every day. That's Aww. just like something, I know, it's so cute. <laughs> but when I'm with other people and they wake up and they're groggy, which is fine, you're allowed to be groggy in the morning. Like, I feel this like, oh no, like, what do I do to make it better for them? But that's not my job, you know? Like, let someone be where they are, that's fine. It's not a bad thing to wake up moody, but I, I'll start to feel this like over responsibility for like, what do I do? And, and you know, I would, like I'll finish by saying this that there's definitely there's got to be ways to 
protect yourself without removing yourself from the situation. For me, I'm at a stage, maybe my highest self would be someone that can sit there with someone and just decide not to internalize their energy. But the point that I am at right now is that I have to physically remove myself from the situation. So even when I was, I stayed with my boyfriend for three weeks in Texas, cause that's where he lives. And I would get up in the morning and go get coffee for us. Like that just became our routine because I was like, I want to go have my own space. I want to go. I was like not really working when I was there. So it was a weird situation where he would start work. And I was like, I just need to get out. I need to like go be with myself, find my own center to return to this human who I love and to love him like in a healthy place that I'm in instead of being in this kind of wonky shared energy space that doesn't feel like my own. So I had to remove myself. Some people might have the kind of self-control and um, just ability to kind of stay present and still do that work, but I'm not really there yet. Yeah. And then if I, actually perfect segue into it, uh, waking up groggy, I, my next question is going to be, um, how does weather affect your mood? I personally know that, um, when it's like when it was storming a few days ago, I was so moody. Like I didn't mm. even know why I should have meditated. Cause usually when I ground myself, meditation is like a very, um, key tool to to make myself more relaxed but yeah it was Mm -hmm. hitting me left and right so I just want to get your input on that yeah yeah I said something about this in the Facebook comment but um I think it's good for me I'm someone that wants to be happy and up all the time but we are I believe that we're made to have a whole spectrum of emotions that includes sadness melancholy you know whatever a tragedy mood is like you know when <laughs> things bad happen like you're meant to cry about it like um and so but there should always be like a base that you can come back to and I like to you know have a more positive base some people just kind of find themselves in a more of a like um I don't give a fuck energy like yeah. oh, whatever okay. Like, I like to find myself in, like, a positive, happier energy. But one thing I've had to work on is, like, actually allowing myself to be sad. So sometimes if the weather, like, right now, the weather isn't super gloomy, but it's not super sunny either. And this isn't, like, my happiest weather. I I feel the same way as you. Like, I'm so affected by it. But I think it, for me, it almost serves as a reminder of, like, hey, Maybe there's sadness in you and maybe you can give that sadness just a little bit of time today. Like just sit with that because I think processing through that takes us um, through, there's like kind of like ups and downs that we're meant to go through. And if we reject that, I crash. Like I, I'll end up crashing, crying, having a big, big cry if I don't have like a little cry every now and then. So sometimes I would say like press into that feeling of okay, like I'm feeling sadness. And instead of just like numbing it or like watching Netflix and being like, I hate that I feel this way right now. Maybe I just like, like you said, meditate, give yourself that space and time to be like, okay, what's really happening in my heart and my spirit? Is there something that I kind of need to process through right now? And you don't have to sit in that all day. Like my therapist will say, sometimes just give yourself 10 minutes, scream into a pillow and like rage if that's what you need to do. And then you can return to your, your normal state. But but yeah, I mean, I love being in sunny places. I love like, I don't want to go on vacation to like London or Seattle because it's rainy there. Like I need to go to tropical places and be in the sunshine. Like that's where I'm happiest. And 
where I feel like I can serve people best. Um, but at the same time, weather is going to change. Our emotions are going to be affected by it. And so I, I think it's better to kind of allow yourself to go there instead of being super frustrated with yourself for feeling that way. And one, one little tag I'll add is like anxiousness is not a friend of mine <laughs> or anybody. Um, you know, sometimes my sister will say to me, you're scared because it's scary. So yeah. if there's something scary and you're scared, you're allowed to be scared because it's scary. Um, anxiety sometimes is usually when you're scared, but there isn't like an actual threat happening. You just feel that like kind of anxiety and every human has felt with that, whether you're, you know, clinically diagnosed with anxiety or you just have felt your fair share of anxiety, um, which is where I am. And I, I think in those cases, it's really good to lean into meditation, prayer if you pray, calling a friend that you feel really safe with. Um, maybe you need a nap. Maybe you need some vegetables in your body. But like, um, I would say we shouldn't give anxiety tons and tons of space to run rampant in our life because um, that can actually you know, be harmful for you. I wouldn't want anybody that I love to just remain in an anxious state. Um, but sadness or melancholy, like, there's a little bit of space for that. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah. Um, very well said. I, that, that's another thing I love about you. You know how to articulate yourself and, and represent yourself mm-hmm. so well. Um, thank you. I, I'm in this like uh, era where I'm trying to figure out how to hone in on my empathetic power. So really listening to you for these past like 20 minutes have been amazing um, and sort of like cleared my thoughts. So I thank you so much. And mm-hmm. I have... Um, I do this game called uh, who would you or what would you rather be for 24 hours? So I randomly just like make up something. So we usually do three rounds, but since I have uh, several guests, I'm going to do one round with you. So uh, I have to think of something. Uh, Okay. So Isabel, would you rather be for, or what would you rather be for 24 hours? A rainbow vomiting unicorn (laughs) (laughs) or a purple squirrel. <laughs> um, definitely a rainbow vomiting unicorn. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> what is the wait? What is the you have to give the purple squirrel a superpower like vomiting rainbows? Um, I'm trying. I was just thinking like eating a nut, but like that's not really a power. <laughs> okay, uh, a purple th- squirrel that throws nuts. <laughs> I mean, super cute, but yes, I want to be a unicorn. I want to be a mystical creature that vomits rainbows. That's insane. Literally same. Uh, That's what I need. (laughs) I would pick a unicorn as well. Like, yeah. Oh, 100%. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Tony. I love you and loving your podcast. I love how you share your heart and you're just such a vulnerable artist which is really rare especially for a new yorker i'm so so happy to be your friend oh thank you so much i love you um and hopefully we get to get some lunch next week um but yeah i miss you and thank you for always being vulnerable and always being there for me i know when i have um my little sadness moments and stuff and you help lift me and i love collabing with you and seeing theater shows with you so let's keep doing it love you bye mama love you (laughs) bye And we will be back to more tings after this break. (music) 
Don't forget to check out my new book, Falling Angel, Rise in Phoenix, available at Barnes & Nobles, Amazon, Target, and Kindle. My second guess is probably my favorite dancer right now out there, Yemi. She is another coworker of mine, um, a co-choreographer of mine. I work so much with her, and she is just a boss baby and has such good insight. So I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear us talk. Um, so here we go. Guys, this is my amazing dancing friend. She slays my life and 305 Fitness instructor, Yemi. hi everybody (laughs) hey um yeah so we'll just get into some things and then we could like chit chat after and then figure all that after um so i wanted to pick your brain because i saw your comment about um empathy and i just you know you're an artist and i feel like artists are very vulnerable and we're open with our emotions how do you deal with not letting people affect your energy or vibe Mm. I like to think that I am super unbothered for the most part and I I feel like I am but one thing I'm starting to embrace is the fact that I'm a sensitive person and it's okay to have emotions and I feel like sometimes we just want to like describe ourselves as savages and like oh nothing bothers us and like we're good we're good But I think sometimes in just acknowledging that you have thoughts or feelings or you feel a way about something Mm -hmm. actually does help you. So I think for me, the first thing I do is just like, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge the fact that I feel a way. And then my feelings are always justified. Like, even if they don't make sense to anyone else, I'm, I have the right to feel the way that I do. And I'm entitled to that. Um, So I do that. And I feel like as far as not letting people get to me, I think for me, it's like, okay, I can either confront the issue or the person or whatever it is, or I can find a way to control the narrative. So maybe I can't control what already happened, but like I can control my actions going forward. So then if I feel like someone violated a boundary, that informs me for the next time that I deal with this person or this thing, that I have this boundary and I'm going to just be upfront about it and not apologize for saying like, this doesn't work for me. This doesn't serve me. I need something different. Yeah, I, um, Mm -hmm. I called Isabel earlier. And her and I were talking about the same thing. It's like, I, I, I'm, I'm in a transition in my life, I guess, where I'm trying to work on my emotional intelligence. And yeah. there's certain friends that I'm realizing are, I don't know, like their energy is just very, it's draining. It's like an energy, um, energy vampire. Like they feel safe to yeah. vent and then that venting becomes a little malicious and they just keep going off on it. And mm. it's like, I'm at a point where I'm getting so depleted and it's, I have to figure out how do I say your friend, but also protect myself and my boundaries without also being a bitch about it, but also being res- or, you know, respectful to myself about it? I think it's one of those things. Okay. So you know how, when you take flights, they tell you like in case of emergency, you have to take the drop down mask first. So put it on yourself before you put it on somebody else. It's like, yeah. you can't help somebody else or save a life if your life isn't being saved. So I think even in doing that, you have to acknowledge that it's not a selfish thing. It's a self-preservation thing. And honestly, as much as I love my friends and I know they love me and the people in my life, I want you to help yourself before you help me. Because if you don't prioritize yourself, 
that it almost seems crazy that you'd prioritize me over you. Does that make sense? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I, and maybe because we're also both Libras too. Like I kind of get into this thing of feeling guilty for putting myself first or like prioritizing myself or wanting to always help other people, but you can't pour from an empty cup. So if you don't have anything to give, it's not realistic. Um, and the outcome is going to be drastically different if you then try to give your all to somebody. It's, it's just not going to work because then you don't have anything left for yourself. And then at the end of it, more than likely, you're going to end up resenting that thing or that person for having helped them because you didn't help yourself in turn first. So, yeah, yeah. no. I love that you said that. Sometimes, you, like you said, uh, it's definitely a, a Libra thing, especially if you're an empathetic Libra. Mm-hmm. It, um, we lose focus of our self time sometimes, yeah. or we're such go getters, especially being artists. Sometimes we're like, shit, like after two dance classes and maybe an audition and then work to make money, it's like you get home and it's like, did I really have any time to reflect about my day or sit down and meditate? And like, then that sporadic energy starts to build up and then you get drained just from yourself. Even. Yeah. Cause we we're able to get so much done. Like I've seen you conquer the world in like a week. And then I'm like, damn, what did Tony do this week for himself? You know, and I'm sure that you did. I hope that you did, but I think that's a thing for me. And I'm, I'm always, I feel like also we give the best advice, but we don't always take it. So. Oh my God. (laughs) So I'm always like talking to my friends and texting me like, Hey girl, what did you do for yourself today? Love you queen. But I'm like, yeah, I mean, what did you do for yourself today? Did you do anything? No. Okay. So maybe you should fix that. So. Yeah, we got to start taking our own advice because we have really good advice. <laughs> I know. I really think we do because, uh, first of all, thank you for saying um, conquering the world. I appreciate that. <laughs> but you're right. I I honestly, well, I mean, due to quarantine, I've been having more self time. But when we're back and running, it's like I never really had those moments. I would have to remind myself of those moments, like whether I get a massage or meditate or journal or like, I don't know, sit down for a fucking hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, but same to you. I mean, you're you're killing it, by the way. I mean, I am so proud that you're a 305 fitness instructor now. Um, Thank you. I love your classes. And for anyone listening, um, you teach Tuesdays at 7, right? Yes. And then do you have some other classes coming up in the future? Well, hopefully, you know, once this pandemic's over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could find her um, on her Instagram. I will put her Instagram down in the description. So you know, check her out. I mean, your classes are fun. I, I burn so many calories also. I think my Fitbit said that I burns like almost 400 calories yes. in that 45-minute class we did last week. And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> shit, it's a workout, girl. It is, and it feels like you're having a dance party the whole time. For me, that's important because I'm not... Oh, you make it so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, because I'm not one of those people that like loves going to the gym. I'm not a gym rat by any means, but I feel like in quarantine, it's been so important to keep like my mind active and my body active. Um, and just having like a positive relationship between my mind and my body, like not beating myself up. You know, if I'm a little um, D-I-C-C thick in some areas. Um, hey. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, like understanding that, you know, my body is what carries me through life. And it's more than just what it looks like physically, you know, and um, just, yeah, being positive about the thoughts and the things that I tell myself. And like, if I'm supposed to be my, my own friend, would I tell you know, one of my closest friends that they look bad, I wouldn't, I would never do that. So why would I do that to myself? So it just kind of goes back to that whole, like pouring into yourself before you can pour into others. It's, 
it's work. <laughs> I honestly love that. It's such a self-reminder. And then speaking about emotions and stuff, um, I've been realizing that a lot of the weather affects me. Like, uh, there, it's so weird. Like, when we had that storm a few days ago, I was, like, so freaking moody. So, like, I want to ask you, A, does weather affect your mood sometimes? And B, how do you, like, uh, how do you deal with it? Absolutely. So I feel like, in, like, I guess the first couple months of quarantine, I was the most affected just because we had so many days where it was rainy and it was like just dreary. Um, and I feel like my body just knows, like even before the day starts, even before I actually physically get up, somehow my body just like knows what's going on. Um, so I would say like rain affects my mood, clouds. And yeah, you're right. The other day where it was storming, I know that the weather was a little bit different in New York because I'm currently in Maryland right now, but um, I woke up feeling like really conflicted because it was storming. And then it got beautiful and I felt a little bit better. And then it got overcast. And I was like, I don't know how the day's going. And then it ended up being right? fine. So like my my mood and the weather almost were directly correlated. It was crazy. So when you said that, I was like, wow, maybe I'm not the only one that feels this way. Obviously, I'm not. Um, I yeah, feel no. like, and as much as I don't want to admit this about myself, I feel like I kind of am a little bit of a moody person. And so what I try to do is just go with it. And I think I, I try to extend myself grace and know that like, okay, right now you're feeling like this, but that doesn't mean that you're going to sit and feel like this for the rest of the day. Like give it its moment, give it like an hour, give it 20 minutes and then move on. Um, I know that working out makes me feel the best. So usually if I move my body in some way or I listen to like really good music, that helps. Um, depending on what I have to do for the day. So if I have to be indoors or if I have to like go to work or be productive, I try to make those, I guess, tasks as fun as possible for myself. So if I'm indoors, like I'll probably light a few candles that I really like, surround myself with music, make sure I eat. Sometimes you will go and go and go. And then you realize, oh, I didn't eat today. Like I didn't nourish myself. And I know that I get hangry. So uh, that's a real thing. So yeah, making sure that you uh, nourish yourself, that you're drinking water. Um, and yeah, surrounding yourself with good energy. I have all of these crazy, like, um, I call them inspo boards, but they're basically, you know, how you're on Instagram and you can save different things. So I have different yeah. categories. So I have like thoughts, I have manifestation, I have eye candy for like boys that I think are cute. Um, hey. <laughs> I have all, like I have looks I have fashion I have beauty like just just random things and so I think sometimes um when I am in a weird mood I'll always go back to one of those boards whatever I feel like I need for the day and I'll just kind of go back and reflect and that usually helps too I love that yeah. you're such a well put together woman ah, thank you. You. <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a journey but <laughs> thank you <laughs> you really are you're so well spoken and I I mean I look at you and I look at Isabel like you get you girls are such two strong females that are so artistic and talented and, and well spoken so I I love that um yeah and then I just want to get into your whole dance journey too I mean yeah talk to me girl how's how's everything how's staying you know um inspired during covid um how's your how's your journey of being an instructor now yeah um i will say like when you know we were kind of i want to i don't want to say lockdown because that sounds so harsh but like when covid kind of first hit i literally thought i was gonna be you know home and away for two weeks and then it's been months and months and months 
So I, I just think like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I need to be on top of my game. Like I'm going to be in all these classes. I was taking like three to four um, virtual classes a week and just doing different like virtual seminars. And then I guess when I realized that COVID and this wasn't going anywhere for a while and this was going to kind of be part of the new normal and that it was going to be a new normal, um, it changed for me because for me, like, so originally I'm from the DMV, so I'm from Maryland and I moved (laughs) to New York to be, uh, to to pursue dance as as an art form, um, to be a professional dancer. And I accomplished my goal. So for me, like, I've always made dance a priority. You, you've seen me, like, come to work with my dance bag. We work with my dance bag. Go to rehearsals. Always yeah, like, we always are going to do things. Sometimes we'll, like, dance before work. We'll dance after work. Like, it's, it's mm-hmm. a lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? So I always made it a point to be in these classes every single week, multiple times a week. Because if not, I was like, what's the point in living in this crazy, beautiful, but crazy city um, and I just realized, and I think I, I came to this realization maybe in the last couple weeks that it's okay if I'm not in three to four classes a week now, because my life looks different. I think it's all about making qualitative choices. So it's like, when you go into these classes, what is your mindset? Like, why are you doing it? Because if I'm just taking three to four classes, but I'm not emotionally and mentally present then essentially I've wasted my own time um and then I know because a lot of things in the entertainment world are virtual now there is such a thing as like screen fatigue because dance like you know yeah like you go into a class you might feel one way and then you feed off of the room's energy like you might see somebody in class that's fierce and then you're like inspired to step it up you're inspired to push harder even though you don't think you can do the routine again, but you do it, you know what I mean? And you just, you absorb so much and you learn so much from seeing other dancers. And when you're in a Zoom class, as lit as that class might be, you don't have the dancer next to you to look at or even to feel their energy because that's a real thing. Um, So I think it's just taking uh, note of where you're at and knowing that it's okay to take a break. So yeah, so in the beginning of quarantine, I was in these classes, I felt great about it. And then I got to a point um, where I was like, you know, I do want to stay active, but I don't know that I necessarily need to be in like traditional technique classes every single week. Like, we're just going to see what happens. We're just going to just go on a journey. So that's when I applied for certification for 305. And with that, it kind of gave me the freedom to just kind of like be my own person, be my own artist and not have the pressure to look like everybody else or to dance a certain way. I was just going to move my body how I thought it it felt best or how it looked best. And yeah. like mistakes are encouraged. It's really all about more of the feeling than the look of it. And I feel like with dancers, we're all about has to look like this. We have to be in sync with this person. Like I got to book this. I got to do that. I, you, so you're always like shooting for this image of perfection, which doesn't really exist, but no one ever, I mean, we talk about it not, it's, it's okay if you're not perfect, but a lot of times it's like, there's still that, that thought in the back of your head that's like, yeah, it's okay, but like, if I can get 
pretty close. I want to get as close as possible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You're so, so in class, like, I'm going to try to deliver when we're done learning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, they say, oh, freestyle, do what you want, feel the music. But you have your freestyle plan. Like, you know what you're going to do. You have you have your two eights of the things that you do the best. Yep. And like, you're going to just give it. If the camera's there, you're going to, you know, play the camera. It's a, it's a whole thing, especially for like New York, LA dancers. We know this. So, um, but yeah, for me, it was, it was just really liberating to actually fully be free and to be in my basement teaching these classes, just doing whatever I want. If I wanted to feel silly and I made a mistake, it wasn't a big deal. And I was like, oh, like nothing bad happened. Like the world didn't end. It's, I don't feel like my soul's been crushed. Cool. Let's just, let's keep at it. And I've just been learning like the more free and almost the, the more I put myself out there, the better I feel, the more I make room for mistakes just the better the outcome is. So I think learning that from 305 has also shifted the way that I think about dance classes. So now when I'm going back into these classes, when I'm trying to like resume my training while still taking the pressure off of myself to be in a ton of classes, um, I'm like, okay, this time let's just try more playful choices. Let's play around with the choreography. Let's see what we can do to make it our own instead of trying to look like everybody else or trying to feed into this image of perfection that doesn't really exist but we've convinced ourselves does and that's just kind of where I've been at but it's been nice uh to revisit so I know this week I took I think two classes um and it was just nice to like one realize okay you can still dance you're still good you're not as rusty as you thought you were cool um but even if you are it's okay like it's a process so I think just extending ourselves grace and like no matter what we do in a, in a pandemic, because who can ever say they've been in a pandemic or in a global pandemic. It's okay. Yes. If you're not like on your a game, it's okay. If you've gained 20 pounds, 15 pounds, five pounds, whatever, it's okay. If you're not feeling your best, like all of this is okay. And just know that like you are blessed. You're like, you're lucky enough to wake up and to try it all over again the next day. And that's also going to be a journey and just see where it goes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love what you said. There's definitely screen fatigue, though. Like, mm -hmm. 305 is obviously different because it's like a workout class, like, ramping us up. But I've tried that. I've tried, like, regular hip-hop classes. And for some reason, I, like, I can't get into it. Like, I'll start learning. But there's something about a classroom that I like to be called out about, like, if I'm doing something wrong or if someone next to me, their energy is, like, radiating. It, like, it amps me up to do better. And... I'm finding it hard to like stay motivated or so focused on my computer screen, you know, yeah. like learning hip hop. Yeah. I know um, one thing that I've been doing and like, this is not advertisement, but Miles Keeney, love his classes. So shout out to him. Yes. He yes. actually like had his, well, he still has it, but has his own platform where um, you can learn classes in real time. So you can go to, I think it's usually a Monday. So it's Miles Monday, but um you can take classes in real time and you can do that. Or if you want, you can pay to like learn a combo. And it's just like, it's like learning the combo the same way that you would in class. But that's been really nice too, because I find myself like, if I'm not feeling it for that point of time in the day, or I have something to do, I will take 30 minutes to learn like however many eights of the combo. And then I'm like, okay, I kind of want to do something else. Then I have the freedom to, put that away for an hour or a day or however long I'm, I have the combo and then I can come back to it. And a lot of times too, when I do that, 
I have more clarity and more focus and more confidence because I already know, all right, I have a chunk of this mastered. I feel good about this. And again, for me right now in my journey, I'm thinking about making things qualitative, not quantitative. Um, yes. And thinking about like texture and I'm thinking about dynamic and I'm thinking about musicality and like if I'm in the pocket and if am I am I listening to the music the right way? Like, is am I hearing what he's hearing? If not, how do I get on the same page? Um, and artistry, all those things. So I'm giving myself the time to play with that. Because I don't know if you've ever experienced where you've gone to a class on a Monday and you did the combo, like, it's fine. Then you come back on a Wednesday and you're like just fully in your bag like nobody can tell you anything you're in the pocket like you feel good about it it's because even if you didn't practice that combo between monday and that wednesday it sat in your body and there's like a level of i don't even i guess metacognition and thinking about thinking that it just sits in your body or like physical metacognition that might not be a thing but i'm making it up um, yes i say to you yes <laughs> Um, my mom would be so proud, <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a level of that so that when you go back into that combo, you trust yourself more and you can attack it. And I feel like you're able to maximize what you've learned instead of just learning movement for movement's sake. Yeah. I love that you said that. I, I like when I do a double class a mm-hmm. week, like whether it's like Sarah Burke or miles and I love where like, I, you know, it, it, like usually it's like a Tuesday I'll learn it. And then I go to like Sarah's like Thursday class and I'm slaying and, I put up my Tiana Taylor video that I did at Sarah's class and on YouTube, someone commented actually like two days ago and they were like, yo, he's doing his thing, but he looks, he's like, he's more focused on the moves and not letting the music, let his uh, muscles move. Yeah. And you know, it was a, it was good feedback because that video, I wasn't in my pocket because it was like, I learned it that day. I didn't, I didn't do a class before that. And I think I was performing it correctly, but I was very focused on looking in the mirror at, um, of me getting the right timing rather than just trusting my body of knowing it for those 90 minutes and just doing it yeah yeah Yeah. so it's I like that you said that because it's so true I think a lot of dancers go through it sometimes you want to perform or like have a hot Instagram 45 second moment and then it's like when you're watching back yourself you're like oh I'm still killing it like I'm doing my moves I'm hitting the mark I have my sass I have my style but at the same time you could tell that I'm analyzing making sure every move's correct and i'm not giving you a i'm giving you like an 85 percent pop star but i'm not 100 percent pop star moment yeah i don't know like i don't know where it's from it's in all a bunch of dance movies but it's like once more with feeling and i feel like um with dancers yeah like you can get the steps the technique you can whack your face you can do all of these things but it's sometimes it's about a feeling i can look at a dancer and they can be so wrong but if they're feeling it i'm like I just want what they—I want what they're having over there. Like I know that that wasn't the step, but they've just convinced me that that may be the better option. So let's just go with that, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, it is a real thing. And also, as much as dance is physical, it's so mental. I feel like sometimes my biggest obstacles or my biggest achievements have been the things that I have overcome with my brain or the way that I think about things. Um, more so than me physically being able to do it because your body will pretty much follow your mind. So I think yes. sometimes you, you can, there will be certain classes, I feel like I call them my superstar classes, where you just trust yourself and you're like, I know what it is and I'm not going to second guess myself because the minute I do that, um, it, it kind of, it goes left. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you like were doing great 
and you were killing it all class and then the camera comes out and then you freak yourself out and then you make a mistake of a part that you were doing perfectly the whole time um and it's because you just like oh my god all the time you gotta relax you gotta <laughs> breathe and you're like i know this like sometimes you have to be like i know this i know this. i got this like just stay focused you gotta breathe it's, it's fine so yeah i um that happens all the time like you said i think i really think it's a mind thing like yeah it's mm-hmm. a body thing because it's muscle memory but when you start psyching yourself out your body will forget like you you go into a shock yeah i and did I um think- i did a yeah go ahead i was gonna say and i feel like muscle memory too yeah it's like your brain gets into a routine but i also feel like it's just the it's the routine of it. It's the habit of it more so that makes you like almost tricks you to be like, Oh, I can learn anything. Cause you notice when you take classes, even if you go from like genre to genre, wildly different genres, you don't have as much anxiety about learning choreography. You're like, Oh, well I do this all the time. So I should be good. Even if it's somebody's class you've never taken before, you just trust yourself more because you've put yourself in that routine. Exactly. Have you ever like had like, um, a premeditation before performing because like I did that Barclays performance I think two years ago now for like the Nets mm-hmm. game it was uh the pregame of it at um through like PMT and oh my god it was a 12 minute number right so like I remember it was my first number doing live since like an off-broadway Grease production when I was 24 so like I remember being backstage and be like Tony do not f up do not get in your head there's gonna be like you know espn recording cameras i was like breathe and then i killed it like i didn't mess up one move but i remember those nerves of being like if i get in my head i'm literally gonna mess up on live tv at 12 minutes yeah (laughs) yeah i think for me what i try to do is i chunk things so i don't know like in if you were ever learning in school if they tell you like how to chunk when you're studying but i'll do it section by section so i know like Let's say it's a mashup and I have like a Britney part, there's a Christina part, there's like a Lady Gaga part. I'm like, all right, all you need to focus on right now is Britney. Don't think about Lady Gaga. Don't think about Christina. Fully invest yourself in this Britney number. You got this. Just breathe. You've done it a million times. Just do what you would normally do. Like, don't, you got it. And honestly, like, even if you make a mistake, just commit to it. Like, it's better to be strong and wrong than to like halfway do it. But yeah, I, it's one of those things where you have to breathe and you have to psych yourself out. But I think chunking it instead of thinking about like for me, so it would, would have been the 12 minutes, three minutes, two minutes, just the first minute, just focus on the yeah. first move. Just do that. Just and, and starting off strong is really important too. Like I feel like sometimes it's hard if you start off shaky to then get yourself back into the groove of things so yeah just coming in with a strong finish usually is like my go-to thing i love that you said that i need, i need to do that um so ripley greer's open again right well up to two people so i rented a studio two weeks ago and i feel like i get artist add when it comes to like i got there and i wanted to do three numbers and i would do like an ash nico number and then 20 minutes in, i was like oh my god i can't wait to start this megan the stallion yeah yeah i switch songs and i'm like my excitement of art is making me space the f out and then by the time you're done and your hour and a half's up, you only have one song out of the three fully done. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Yes, I've, I've experienced this with you, too, because we'll be talking yeah. about things. And you're like, I wouldn't do this. But then also this, I was like, Tony, we just got to, if we just do one thing really, really well, like, I, I promise we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the other two. I, I promise you. Yeah, no, I mean, but it's good to be excited <laughs> about things. It's good to, like, have ideas, especially um, 
if you haven't, I feel like sometimes I hit creative surges and not just in dance, but just in life. I'm like, ooh, what about this? Oh my God, I could be doing this. And then you're just like, I want to do everything at once, but it's not yes. physically possible. So then that for me, that's when like my planning hat comes in. And then I start like writing things down, reaching out to people, making notes, like formatting text messages so that like when the excitement adrenaline kind of like comes down a bit, I still have clear focus and clear ideas of what I need to be doing. Usually this happens to me when I'm in transit for some reason, like I could be on the train on a bus, like in the car somewhere. That's when I feel like a lot of my creativity flows, especially if I'm listening to music that I really like. I'm like, ooh, this would be a dope concept video. I should definitely choreograph this. Or this would be, you know, like I want to collaborate with this person. Yeah, I I need to start doing that. I need to start like, <coughs> excuse me, if planning out like, um, like, I know just what I'm gonna do for the day, even if it's like reading articles, I need to be like, instead of like having 20 tabs on my computer, I need to start like, okay, take an hour here, do this, this, and this. Um, that's so key. Planning is key. Yeah. And I think if you find yourself having these these moments of just creativity where it just bubbles over, take like the two seconds to pull your phone out and just prop it up somewhere and then just do what you would normally do. Like, don't think about it. Just yeah. So that way, if you just start dancing and choreographing, because I know some people will just remember everything that they make like in that moment. I'm not one of those people. So if I'm thinking about choreographing like consciously. It's like I am taking the next hour to, to consciously choreograph something and it might change 15 times. But I I'm not one of those people that can just like, I don't know, like choreo vomit and then, OK, I got my combo. That's not how it works. But I might get like a couple of eight counts out of that, like mishmash of whatever I just did but it's like a I have to extract what I actually really liked but um you can find some really cool stuff also one thing that I um was encouraged to do years ago because I did the Galen Hooks intensive was just like freestyling for maybe like five minutes a day and just like listening to music or playing a song that you've never heard before and then just challenging yourself to move to it and just seeing what happens or like maybe it's a Ooh, song, like yeah. It because it you just have to like, I don't know. You have to trust yourself, and you it forces you to commit to choices. And based on the music, you might generate movement that you wouldn't normally do. So then it expands your style because I feel like we all have signature things that we do. Like I love floor work. <laughs> yes, you do, girl. <laughs> I know from working with you. <laughs> But I feel like if I'm working with a song that doesn't make me feel that way or is a bit different than what I'm used to working with, then maybe I won't have any floor work and the movement will be grounded, but also not on the floor. So it's just different and it it expands you and it pushes you to create more content. And it's just there's more variety. You always inspire me to be a better artist. Every time I talk to you, it's like. I you teach me something new to do to open up my body and my emotions and my passion um so thank you for that I don't think you realize you do it but you do it thank (laughs) you one thing I will say I have to give you your props I will I feel like in a lot of ways you have this incredible support system within yourself like I don't know if you've ever been the type of person that's like not needed validation or you Maybe at some point you did seek validation, but I feel like you are way beyond that now because I feel like you, 
if you have a goal or if you have a vision or you have something that you want to do, you just go ahead and do it. And I've just seen you really just manifest things like, okay, I want to be an author. Cool. I want (laughs) to book a campaign. Cool. I want to be an entrepreneur. Cool. I want to have, I don't know, my own app. Cool. Like, so you just basically whatever you say happens. It's just a matter of (laughs) when, not if. And I don't know if you know that you have that capability or that you do that. That's definitely a thing that I've witnessed you do. And um, my, I feel like I've told people this, but I'm like, everyone needs to believe in themselves the way Tony believes in himself. Because it's just like, (laughs) if everyone operated that way, there's really nothing that none of us could do. Like you are your own limit. So you set the bar for yourself in a lot of ways. And I feel like you're like, yeah, I can do that. Cool. I remember one time we were having a conversation and you were like, <laughs> I, you were serious, I'm pretty sure. But I mean, I, I could have taken it joking me, but I, I believe you were serious. You were like, yeah, sometimes I just forget how talented I am. And I was like, oh, bitch, <laughs> me too. Like, yes, everyone just needs to have more of that energy. Like, you know, sometimes I just forget who I am. And then I remember, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I got this. We're good. Oh my god, you're so sweet. Thank you. Um, yeah, I had this like weird epiphany a week ago. I like posted this like really sensitive uh, post on Instagram about like how I used to need validation, especially from guys and shit. Oh god, and like girl. now I've I've yeah right you know and it's like I've I've learned that like that joke that I made backstage with you about like being talented it's truth though like I I had it you know when I said that to you that that moment it was another epiphany that I had you know us sleepers always having these like random Mm -hmm. bursts of like oh my god that's why I do that and I'm realizing like you said like I in 2020 I fucking became an author I started a podcast like I am I'm not gonna brag but I'm allowed to be proud yes no one did it for me I did it for myself so like I don't need don't care if my book listen in my book my book still hasn't went number one with best time seller but i don't care i i put my most vulnerable stuff out there and for me that's that's what an artist does right even if it doesn't become successful like say a rapper or singer doesn't get a number one on the billboard hot 100 they put their stuff out there and they slayed and for me that's what matters and i don't need the validation anymore yeah absolutely empowering yourself to do the things that you want to do so it's like i used to say you know um creating your own content like if you want to be a pop star or if you want to be a backup dancer like stop waiting for somebody to cast you cast yourself like create your own opportunities do what you need to do um and I think sometimes with artists because we're always having to go out for things and putting ourselves in the position where we're not up for auction but people are you know are judging us or evaluating us and evaluating our talents and our gifts and you know our merit that's cool. And I feel like that's a part of the process. But in that, like all the things, all the training that you're doing, put it to good work and put yourself in a position where you're like, okay, I know that I'm talented. I can do this. Let me just do the thing. So if I want to be an author, no one's preventing me from taking a, a pen to some paper or getting on my laptop. No one's preventing me from creating a blog. There's so many resources out there now, even now with this podcast. No one is preventing you from making a podcast. There's just so many avenues to creativity and expressing yourself that you got to stop waiting to be chosen. Just do it. Like, you can be the chooser. Yeah, stop waiting. I find myself doing this too, even in relationships. Like, why am I waiting for someone to pick me and choose me? Like, I'm bomb. I don't need to wait. I can just do the thing. And if that person isn't for me or that thing isn't for me, cool. You just saved me a lot of time. And now I'm going to move on to the thing that is for me and move 
forward in the direction that I need to go in. I love that. Thank- oh, you- nothing but facts <laughs> is being said. Uh, but it's true. It's like manifest do it. And I also don't like when people put artists in a box. I'm like, honey, look at Lady Gaga. She has an Oscar, a Golden Globe. She's an actress, songwriter, all that. Look at Beyonce. She is yeah. doing it all. You know what I mean? These girls have set a bar, even rappers. I mean, like you look at Nicki Minaj or like even Megan the Sign and her glow up. Like they're doing multiple things right now. And that's what an artist does. We get sometimes bored with one way yeah. of art, right? So like, why, like you said, like no one's stopping me, me making a podcast. That doesn't mean I'm not an actor or a dancer anymore. It means that I found another pursuit of talent to advertise myself and talk with other yeah. artists like you. And yeah, so many people are like, oh, well, if you're just an actor, just stick with just submitting to that. And it's like, no, bro, like I'm multi-talented. And like I said, sometimes we forget that we are that talented. Some, some dancers, if they want to step in the world of acting, they could slay it or say they want to be a journalist and write for a magazine once a month. Maybe they have a lot of good things to say, yeah. you know? Art is very much a lifestyle and it can't be contained. So I feel like once you're exactly. an artist, you're just always an artist. It may not be, you, you might not be doing the initial form that you started in, but you're always going to be an artist. It's always going to come out some way. It's going to ooze out. It just, it has to. Yeah, I um, I need like a, a podcast show with just you because I our segment is amazing. It's been listeners whoever is listening out there. Uh, it's been already thirty six minutes, and this conversation has been nothing but like an amazing yes. flow. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, this is great. I love how like it started with um empathy into art, and I mean, but I think they correlate anyways because to be a good artist, I think you have Absolutely. to be vulnerable and you have to be open to your emotions and also radiating to that person that's in the you know bloody nose seats all the way in the back of the theater. You need to radiate that energy to anyone watching. Yeah, you know? and I would say that, like for the, one of the last things is that your emotions, your your empathy, all of those things that make you sensitive, that make you caring it's not a deficit. It actually makes you better at what you do because people feel that. So just embrace exactly. it. Exactly. Um, before we get off, I do this question game where it's like, what or um, who would you rather be for Ooh. 24 hours? So for you, I'm going to ask real simple, but be jazz shoes or ballet slippers for 24 hours and why oh, jazz <laughs> jazz all day jazz all yeah jazz 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 um yeah I okay um I don't know I think for me jazz still gives me structure as a dance form um technique but also there's more freedom in it I feel like ballet is beautiful but I just feel like most myself when I'm doing jazz, specifically slaz, which is slutty jazz, and it, that is yes. also a lifestyle. <laughs> uh, shout out to Heather Rigg, she's at Broadway Dance Center. But yeah, jazz all day. Yeah, we get hit up all the dancers and be like, "Yo, check out this podcast." Because like we shouted out uh, Heather, <laughs> yes, Miles, Sarah Burke, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> get get your life. Like I mean, screen fatigue is a real thing. But if you're looking to kind of just feel yourself. For 75 minutes, however long, just hop into one of those classes, you will get your entire life. Yeah, I agree. I would say jazz too, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am not as good as you as jazz. This girl over here, I am tight. <laughs> um, but 
I think I like the energy that jazz slash jazz theater or street jazz, actually, I should say, because like street jazz, I love. I love the hip hop jazz like combo. Yes. Um, For me, it's very exhilarating because like you get that street style of hip hop, but then you get that very like commercial theater on your toes, pop, pop, pop. And for me, like, I love it. It's very gaga. It's very like what we see in some commercial things in theater. Um, So yeah, that would be my street choice also. I mean, I love ballet's form, mm-hmm. but girl my knees ain't doing it either Um, (laughs) or my hips not my hips either yeah yeah literally no no um well thank you for participating in my podcast I appreciate it so much thank you for having me this was awesome of course well I hope to see you soon um I'll shoot you a text okay. after we end this. But thank you again, thank Yemi. You I appreciate Love it. You. Thank you for having me. Love you too. Oh, I feel like this kind of keeps me <laughs> in and out. But <laughs> oh, is it better now? There we go. Okay. Um, but yeah, love Bye. you and thank you so much. So for my last guest, it's actually my neighbor, Maggie. I just met her a few weeks ago and she had such open energy that I was like, oh my God, we need to hang out. And we finally had a wine night and decided to record for the podcast, but (laughs) we got a little tipsy. So do not mind us being wine drunk and venting and being those typical people that are just, you know, venting their feels when they're drunk. Um, And yeah, that word, I say, um, a lot especially when I'm tipsy. So please don't mind that. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, enjoy. All right. Hey, guys. Um, So I have a new friend slash my neighbor from my hometown, Maggie here. Hey, hey, say hey to everyone. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. So we've been drinking wine for the past like three hours. Yeah, yeah, we broke. Well, my brother broke a bottle. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, we cleaned it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, wait, I think I had too much rosé, but whatever. You know, you can never have too much I know, you rose. told me to get the second bottle. Yeah, like, I did. It. I gave an okay. So it's <laughs> my fault, you know? <laughs> yeah, so wait. Um, and tell us a little bit about yourself, about um, what you're doing right now, um, all that good stuff. So I'm like based like from Alabama, but my mom is here in Long Beach. So I've been here for the summer since, you know, cases came down in New York. So I escaped the South when I got bad and I came to the North. And so basically I've been in a way quarantining at the beach. Which is like the best quarantine, yeah. though, yeah. You can't get better than that. So. Plus, you have good neighbors, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we got yeah. the bomb. How <laughs> fucking yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is a theater major, um, hopefully going to TV and film in the future. Yeah, so... Um, so shout yeah. out to the art, yeah. Shout out, shout out. <laughs> shout out. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we'll go to West Texas AMU. Shout out to the buffs. hey <laughs> um, But yeah, no, so I met you like weeks ago just outside, and then I loved your open energy. Mm-hmm. So I'm really glad we're actually having a wine night. Granted, you leave next week, but it's so good to like actually like so kick you with connect. you. I know, and then the beach this weekend and everything. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring you on because you put like you messaged me when I put up this thing about. Um, being empathetic and not letting people drain your energy and like sometimes the weather like affects your energy so i want to i want to ask you like um you are empathetic 
I, I can tell by your good vibe and you are an artist, so you're already in tune to your vulnerability. What do you do to protect yourself from someone de-energizing you? Yeah, so this is like something I've struggled with for a very long time. Yeah. And it's like until recently, like COVID giving me time to like deal with it. And so my entire life, I've always been like very receptive to other energy. And it's been like going to yoga and going to like meditation, having time to reground myself and like center myself and mm -hmm. my energy to myself instead of letting my energy being from other people letting my identity being from other people letting that identity reground myself to be my core my most genuine self so like my mantras are like you are worthy you are loved it's i am worthy of being myself i'm worthy of being who i am instead of my identity being from other people i love that Thank you. Oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, so I love that. Um, I I fully agree with everything that you just said. Yeah, I, you know, I talked to you a little bit before we started uh, recording this. I have a problem lately of like letting best friends vent their emotions on me and then me diving too much into their problem, and then it becomes yeah. de-energizing. So the, I need like, to learn. The yeah. Of you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so hard to like rewire yourself to like not care about. It's like you're caring about the person still, but like you can't care enough where then you're taking on someone else's problems that are, are meant for them to solve and not you to dive in. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's something I need to learn. Um, and then with that question, so I've been noticing something with me with, with weather. A lot of gloomy days for me infect my mood. You know, I, I know people get seasonal depression and I've never had, I wouldn't say I've ever had that, but there's been moments where I've had moments of like, I don't know, being off because of the weather have you ever experienced that yourself or no yeah so like my entire life like we talked about i'm very like extroverted i'm yes. very like i'll hang out with whoever i'll hang out with them, whatever the second becomes a snowy day a rainy day like i i don't mind it as i become very like i don't want to leave my room i'm gonna put on netflix i'm gonna put on whatever like if it's rainy i'm gonna stay in my room the entire time you know yeah. and like while that is not a bad thing all the time, it can definitely become very, like, reclusive. Like, you only see, like, the inner parts of yourself. It's hard to get out of it. Yeah. To get, it's almost like a cloud. While the cloud is over, the world is over yourself. And that's the, like, empath in us. Like, yeah. The environment, the whatever adapts to our personality and our environment. Yeah. I love that. And then I have another question. So since you're so in touch with this empathetic side of yours, which it is, it truly is a power. It's, it's a good witch power, honestly, in my eyes. You adapt to every environment. Exactly. Yeah. And you read the room and you understand how to read people's energies and also uh, radiate yourself. Yeah. So how do you use it in your art? Because that's something I've always wondered how like some actors like actually pursue this vulnerability into their passion. Yeah. So like empath, I feel like in my real life is hard. But it's the most beautiful thing in my art. In my art, I'm able to, like, when I read a play, I'm able to feel yeah. those emotions. When I'm in a rehearsal, when I'm, like, re like feeling... So I meditate before I go into a character. Oh, yeah. okay, wait, that's actually a really good tip I should be doing. Yeah, <laughs> It's really, like, I really enjoy it. So, like, what I do is I pic picture every joint in my body becoming into sand, and then when I rebuild my body it becomes into the sand of that person 
And that oh, is wow. the impact okay. in me that is like bringing that character into myself. Yeah. So like my, it's hard in life because maybe I don't know who myself is, but in my art, I'm able to adapt to that personality, to that those character traits very easily than person who is not an empath. So like it's beautiful in my art, but it's very hard in life. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Meditation. Thank you. Like, what do you do to like get into your? Um. Same. I. I would say maybe it's like a my checkoff training, but I like to um, embody this. Like I, I move a lot. Like I'll do a lot of stretching and like uh, see how I'm feeling. And like say my character's really sad. I. I will get in a very grounding posture and like sort of like get into a fetal position. And hold myself really tight. Yes. And then if someone's really like fun and flirty, I'll open myself. And, and I, I think using your body sort of like reacts with your empathetic side because I know empathy could be like an aura kind of thing and like an um and a spiritual kind of thing. But your body, you know, your spirits in your body. So movement, like dancing, can can affect how you react to people or feel for people. Um, so that's what I do. I, I, I like to move a lot. Like, I think I'm a very body kind of person, whether it's working out the way I work, acting, dancing, I have to like, yeah. I think body is huge into that. Yeah. And like, it's like your chakras. So something I do, if I can't necessarily relate to a character, I'll use their body movements to get into the mental space. Cause I think I'm an intellectual actor more than anything. Yeah. But like, if I can't intellectually like relate, using your body to get into that like they carry from their hips they are like survival type of person so i have to carry myself through my hip to be able to relate mentally yeah. and it's, i think body is fully in mentally to a person's emotions you yeah. know if a person is slouching all the time they are perceived or are secretly insecure about themselves 100%. If a person is like high posture yeah. they are or seem to be more um, confident. Yeah. And for the most part, a lot of the time, what your insecurities do show on your body. So, like, body is fully into emotional awareness and, like, how you're feeling. It's so all sad. Like, oh, my God, I love <laughs> it. So you, like, did everything... I love it. Okay, we're, like, eight minutes in. This is great. <laughs> Perfect. Um... So I usually do um, a game thing, but I'm gonna. You're like one of my three theater guests, actually, about um, empathy and stuff. So we'll do one one question version of it. So I do who or what would you rather be in 24 hours? I love it. So I do it on the spot right now. So I'm literally going based on our questions before here when we were drinking wine. Would you rather be a uh, what was it uh, a bull shark? What were those? A bull shark, right? Is that what it was called? Yeah. Would you rather be a bull shark or a kraken octopus? A bull shark or... <laughs> See, I don't... Oh, this is a, that's a hard one because, like, I don't know. I like the bull, like, the versatile of a bull shark. You know, I can go in wherever I want. Yeah. But, like, the scariness of a kraken. It's like, so scary. The majesticness like, of a kraken. If it's really out there, I'm sure. See, like I told you before, I'm either zero or a hundred. So I would rather be a kraken. I you said know, it's a be BTE, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. owning that shit. Yeah, yeah. I would rather yeah. own the scariness than like be halfway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How All about right. you? Would you rather be? Oh, um, 
Same. Sharks creep me the f out, so I don't yeah. want to be a shark. I want to be a kraken. Okay, we're we're two kraken buddies, you know, <laughs> destroying the sea. <laughs> Literally. Um, well, thank you for sharing how you do your empathy side. Um, and I really like that you told me about that meditation of acting. That's something that I think I'm gonna use as a technique now. That's do it, man. great. It's, yeah. It's so fun. I learned it at Alabama Shakespeare Festival, and like to learn how to like think about body and descent. I don't know. No. It, to yeah. No. This is <laughs> place I learned it. <laughs> no, it's so dope. Like, yeah. I'm gonna use that for sure as a technique. Um, and you're right. Meditation and sometimes, yeah taking your time and realizing that you know their situation's not yours it's so hard but yeah this is why i'm doing this podcast this episode is to get everyone else's input and see like what we all can do better right yeah yeah and also like nothing wrong with being an empath it's just hard sometimes it's hard yeah it's like learning how to i guess balance it right yeah yeah it's all about balance yeah. like i think it's beautiful to feel another person's emotions but to balance it into like what is yours yeah. that's the hard part yeah yeah um well thank you yeah. um everyone this is maggie she's been great um you'll be on my podcast in the future so i know we got we got we got some future team <laughs> she's a new friend so we have we have more stuff uh to stay tuned with um but yeah any final words well thank you for listening Thank you for having me on this oh, podcast. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to have more uh, wine and show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. After talking with these amazing women, I, I learned that I'm not alone with this empathetic struggle. Now, it is hard to, you know, be so emotional and sensitive and but also have to guard yourself well you can't be too invested my my human nature of who i am is if i see a friend struggling or or you know self-sabotaging themselves i dive in so quick but i'm learning that when i dive in it's actually really hurting me i go from the life of the party to no energy which anyone that knows me knows that's not who antonio is and I'm learning that it's starting to really deplete me as a human that sometimes I have to sort of like get away, even if it's like going to my mom's for a few weeks or hibernating and shutting off my phone. And I, I believe that I shouldn't have to live my life like that or, or let someone else's uh, energy or sporadic energy affect me. And um, I love my friends. I, I really do love meeting strangers, especially good, good, such good energy, open energy people. But I'm learning that I need to, maybe even if it's imaginary, you know, build a shield. I talked to my friend Andrea. She's really private and she, I respect it. She didn't want to be on this podcast, but um, she gave me really good advice. She said to pretty much picture like a white aura shield and that's your protection, whether you're at a party or on the train or at work. And when someone's toxic or not even toxic, say it's a friend just venting and that venting goes from a three minute event to like a 20 minute cycle of just nothing but nagging that can literally be a vampire moment, a vampire, an energy vampire that just sucks you dry of energy to sort of like imagine the shield to protect you. And I think I'm going to start using that. Um, I do want to do a follow up podcast because I myself I'm going to seek a form of therapy of how to not 
you know, dive in so much and, and make my sensitivity turn into anxiety because sometimes these empathetic problems turn into anxiety. You could you could dive into someone's frustration and right away you start building up situations in your head that aren't real. And then it drives yourself crazy. Um and and for me, when I start feeling that emotion, I, I become I become unmotivated. I'm not I'm not auditioning. I'm tired. Um I become, I wouldn't say mean, but it's just a very blah kind of personality. And then on top of that, when it comes to weather, if it's a gloomy day or rainy or snow, I, if you mix that, I am out of it, man. I am just so out of whack. So these conversations really help shine a light because now I know I'm not alone. And it was really cool to talk to each, you know, of these women they're just such strong ambitious people and i'm very proud of them and between talking about art and laughing or drinking wine and laughing or both bonding over empathy i I really appreciate having a strong support group in my life and um yeah i i like what yemi said how uh i i conquer things i manifest and you know i take it and do my best so yeah i'm manifesting that i'm gonna own this empathetic aura of mine and not be so hit or try not to be so hit and let's let's put out in the universe well i hope everyone takes care i really hope you all listen to this whole podcast fully because there's a lot of heart and soul in it a lot and um yeah until next time thank you for coming on this ride and I will see you more on Nana Tings. Talk to you later on Nana Tings.